Uh, this time around, the Major Spoilers podcast goes out to Eric Anderson, Callum McCauley, Alexander Almeida, George White, and Kevin Hall. Um, Framistat. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at Star Trek. We'll be discussing red or blue pills, get to some reviews, and of course, talk Iron Man, which is perfect because Matthew's not here and he really wanted to yeah, talk that's about that's it. That's how it goes. It's pretty typical right here on Major Spoilers. The podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 476 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening. Matthew is out again this week. Those silly, pesky jobs that keep your favorite entertainers away from you each and every time. Have we mentioned donations, Rodrigo? Uh, not yet. Okay. In this show. You can head over to Majorspoilers.com. A one-time donation, a $2, a $10, a $500 a month recurring donation. You set it up however you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, the more we get the greater the chance that we'll all be able to quit those silly real-world jobs and come and do this all the time so that no one, and I mean no one, including Rodrigo, will ever miss an episode. Yay. Matthew's actually sitting at some switchboard at a hospital somewhere. Yeah, that sucks. Sounds horrible. It does. Anyway, more on that later. Uh, let's get to some news. Can you do it in Spanish? Do like do the noise <laughs> do, that Matthew makes in Spanish? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All right, this week we've got a couple of stories, uh, about four stories, most of them movie-related. We got our first Superman poster that uh, hit the entire webs. The first poster for Star Trek appears. Red Circle, the uh, comic series from uh, Archie Comics, the imprint, has a new direction, and Brian Singer announces the cast for the X-Men Days of Future Past. Let's spin that Wheel of Destiny... And see where it lands. All right. Did I mention that uh, donations, uh, <laughs> one time, a $2, a $4, a $10 a month recurring donation? Rodrigo and I are incapable of sound effects yeah. today. It's not, our, it's not in our job description. <sighs> Why so. do I, I keep you guys strictly, around? Strictly beatboxing. For okay. Me. Oh, really? You oh. got a beatbox for us? Uh, if you want me to. Sure, go ahead. Lay it's in down. my contract. Sure, go ahead. For the wheel? Yes. All right. There it goes around and around. Where it'll stop, no one will know. It looks like it's stopping on Star Trek. All right, so prepare, Rodrigo, for giant facepalm. Okay. <laughs> Young Zach over there Hello. hasn't watched Star Trek. Oh, the the first movie? The first movie. Uh, no, actually, any Star Trek. Not even the TV series? Oh, no. Next oh, Generation? Well, no. well, I would imagine DS9? that. DS9? No. All right, if you... Voyager? No. The uh, the uh, very uh, hated Enterprise. Under this, con. You don't even get that reference then. Well, it's in one of the movies. Uh, <laughs> That's right. It is. Good yeah. job. Uh, <laughs> Look, Zach is new here. And like phasers. And right. Set phasers. Beam me up, Scotty. Right. And Will Wheaton. Right. Right. Those are and... all things that are Star Trek related. And uh, that guy on those insurance commercials. <laughs> no, he is actually just has a very deep voice. That's not Michael Dorn in those commercials. That's the uh, no, the guy that in, plays the prison in the United States. No, not that. him. He's 24. in twenty four. 
no, no, Priceline. Priceline. Priceline oh, negotiator. Okay. Yeah, that's, All right. that's, that's Shatner. That's different. Yeah, it's Shatner. <laughs> All right. So uh, the first poster for Star Trek Into Darkness has arrived, and the movie arrives in May of 2013. So we've got a little ways to go, about six months, five months, six months, depending on when you're listening. It could be tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. So exciting. Yeah, uh, if this is you, future people, congratulations. I hope you're in line. Yeah. So what do you think of this poster, Rodrigo? Uh, I think it is cool. Um, I like the like destruction and the shape of the Starfleet mm-hmm. um, insignia. Uh, you know, it's just a guy with a trench coat. I can't tell if his ears are pointy. I don't know if he's supposed to be someone that we recognize. You know, a lot of people are already shouting Khan. Right. Um, I haven't read anything about this. In the summer of 2000, boy, talk about a press release right here. This is PR adjectives. Yes. In the summer of 2013, pioneering director J.J. Abrams, <laughs> that we talked about on the previous episodes, will deliver an explosive action thriller that takes Star Trek into darkness. When the crew of the Enterprise is called back home, they find an uh, unstoppable force of terror from within their own organization has detonated the fleet and everything it stands for leaving our world in a state of crisis. Boom. With a p- personal score to settle, Captain Kirk leads a manhunt to a war zone world to capture the one-man weapon of mass destruction. As our heroes are propelled into the epic chess game of life and death, love will be challenged, friendships will be torn apart, and sacrifices must be made for the only family Kirk has left, his crew. Oh, on this week's sweet. special episode of Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh my god, I felt so many different emotions just on that press release. <laughs> Nausea. <laughs> Ambivalence. <laughs> now, you know what? Animosity. Uh, I I mean, they pretty much get a pass for anything right now. I was really into the first one. I thought that they handled everything excellently. You know, as somebody who only had like a passing knowledge of Star Trek, I enjoyed it. I talked to people who had zero knowledge of Star Trek, they enjoyed it. Talked to people who are total Treks, Trek monsters, and they loved it. So you know, it was uh, it's it it managed to do that thing that nobody thought it was able to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, if they want to like part of the reason for that. Or part of the uh, the other thing that they accomplished is that they established this universe where it's still Star Trek, but kind of anything new can happen. Right. So um, some people are already being like, this is going to be too gritty for Star Trek, you guys. Yeah, and some people are. I mean, uh, it is rumored that Khan will be in there. I've, mm-hmm. The villain hasn't been named name, but we do know that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, to Sherlock, right. uh, will be, uh, be in the movie as the main bad guy. He also plays the voice of Smog. In, uh, is it next week? Next week's The, the Hobbit. Hobbit. Oh, can I oh wait yeah, the 14th. Oh, can I wait for that movie? Bong. <laughs> yeah. The reviews started popping up last no, I know, I have, I've been avoiding them just slightly. I'll probably check them out on Friday. Mm-hmm. So, Zach, what do you think of this uh, poster for someone who's never seen, um, never seen a Star Trek? What's a Star Trek? <laughs> it's like wagon train in space. Yeah. What's a wagon you train? Take yeah, exactly. giant pirate ships and you just throw them in space. Um, I don't know. I think when I think of Star Trek, I think of really flashy things and like smooth future technology right, right. and mm-hmm. stuff. And this is definitely not that because most of the crap is broken in this image. Right. 
<laughs> Does so, it remind you of anything? See, I read that. The people were like, oh, it's the Dark Knight Rises poster. And I, the, when I saw it, I was like, okay, that's fine. I didn't think it's, I still don't think it's like the Dark Knight poster. I mean, you can make it, but I don't think it's the same thing. It's, well, it's a similar it idea. It's just because, of the, just because of the cutout of the right. Well, thing. Right. There's so that. The, the Dark there's Knight, all the destruction. Right. The Dark Knight posters, uh, of course, famously used a negative space to form right. the bat symbol, mm-hmm. which is what is what it's doing with the right. uh, with the Starfleet symbol. Mono, I don't know if that has a name. Monochrome. Right. Color scheme. Right. Uh, and then signal, si- single figure amid the destruction. So, yeah, it's very similar to that. I can see that, but... Maybe a tad too early to say that this is this is going down the road yeah, of the dark. Everyone night. says it's going because you know to be honest, I that first know. movie was pretty dark. Yeah, I well, mean there weren't a whole lot of super light okay. moments. Well, think about all of the Star Trek movies. They're usually kicked off by something horrifying happening. Right, right. A planet being destroyed, uh, time uh, being thrown out of whack. Yeah, uh, the uh, all those uh, spaceships and space stations right. just, dying as the just, giant whale ship coast by right just because it used to be that they didn't yep just because it used to be that they didn't have the budget to show people being sucked out of a planet into orbit yeah yeah, yeah. you know now they do but you know all that stuff was assumed to be happening in the other ones i mean you know that the the only three seconds of a good performance that we've seen out of uh, William Shatner him shouting Khan. It's like, well, there's a reason why he was shouting it so hard. It's because that guy was a bastard. Yeah, he was. So it will be interesting to see if they do play up any of the eugenics war, or if Khan is, is involved in this or what exactly is going on. Uh, I don't hate the poster. I mean, it's certainly something that catches my eye. Yeah. And really, that's kind of what you want, right? You want people to look at your poster and admire it and go, who is that dark figure standing there alone amid the rubble, just like Batman did? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see this movie in May 2013. Zach, you have a uh, homework to do okay. for next week amid all your finals. Uh, you have to go watch Star Trek. You have to watch the, the, the J.J. Abrams Star, Star Trek. Trek. You have to watch it yeah. and okay. report back I will next week. So that'll be uh, you know uh, three episodes, four episodes from now Jeez, on the Friday episodes. episode. Gotcha. And I want you to watch it. I will watch it. And I want it. you to share your, what is it, four-year-old review <laughs> of Star Trek yes. 2.0. All right. It's coming, people. All right. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen Memento? Mm-hmm. Transformers? Okay, so you do get that reference. Just making sure. You're young. You're impressionable. Memento. Yeah, that's... They didn't do that. Inception? In no, Inception, yeah. They do yeah. it in Memento? Uh, I think in one spot they may have had one little thing, but it was not... Uh, the deep bass ringing. It was more like a string I like that being movie. plucked. Memento's a good movie. Yeah, it is. You should go watch it. I've seen it. Yeah, you have? Uh, yeah. He I just said it. he had. I just said I had. Nobody listens to Zach. <laughs> I own it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, you, you can know, head over to Major Sports and <laughs> own things. No. <laughs> I don't have any money. Uh, all right everybody head over to majorspoilers.com you can check out more news over there including rob uh, rasmussen went to uh uh, wizard world new orleans and he took a bunch of pictures of people in costume and if you followed him on twitter at bore immortal you saw some of his uh little tidbits of news that came out of uh wizard world new orleans you can also catch the new rob in those uh, gallery images he's all blue now he is blue permanently permanent blue it's what happens when you use food dye instead an, of temper He became paint. an avatar. Yep. He has a tail. 
Also, thanks to everyone who uh, is a donor to the show, and uh, we want to thank everyone who contributes the money, that recurring donation again, the uh, the one time, the two, the five, the $10, or however much a month you want to do as a recurring donation certainly helps us out. And as we mentioned, up at the top of the show, you get a little bit of, sh- of a shout out, a show episode dedicated right to you. Let us get to, oh, how could I forget this one? While we're talking about ways you can help major spoilers. If you're a fan of Critical Hit, a major spoilers Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Mm -hmm. you simply have to go to slash loot.com and check out these magnificent t-shirts. Yeah, they're good. Have you seen them? Yes. Did you order some? I have not. I know who is everybody's favorite. Should I tell you? Uh, I can tell you you of of the shirts that have been ordered so far, I can tell you what the most number of shirts have been ordered. Oh. Shall we go there? Um... Yeah, I guess it's it's a player. Uh-huh. It's one of the characters. Okay, interesting. That's, and, those were the only options. Yes, <laughs> and he uh-huh. appears Uh-oh. on one of the five shirts. Oh, need another clue. So oh, I've already I, eliminated so one. Eliminated one. I, I eliminated Trail because she is a she. Right. Okay. I'm gonna kind of guess. Yes. Randus. It is Randus. Yes. That is the shirt that most people have purchased is the Randus t-shirt. I, you know, I've said it a couple times. Randus is my favorite character mm-hmm. out of all of you guys. What? I'm hurt. <laughs> I have to I know, go. But, By this weekend, but I have just, to go buy 100 but just, t-shirts. Just but just so, so you know, Brian is not my favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was really surprised they sent the report. And I was like, oh, cool. Randus has got the most t-shirts sold. So there you go. And, I, and they ship internationally. So go check them out. That's slash loot.com. They're very good much, people. Much like Randus himself, his uh, his Randus fans are quiet and very effective. Yes, they are. I'm, I'm still really holding out for the Rodrigo t-shirt. Yeah. If, we'll, <laughs> get, we'll get one of those if, too. If yeah, right, after, right after we get a Smith A sketch t-shirt. of uh, Rodrigo. That'd be great. Let us get to some <laughs> reviews. Um, let's see. Matthew is gone. I think this week he was going to review something really cool, as he normally does. Uh, last week, out from IDW Publishing. No, Image Comics. I'm sorry. Image Comics. Fatal number 10. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Fatal was originally scheduled to be a limited series, and this was the second... Um, the end of the second arc, uh, the story that takes place in the 1970s. And we really get to learn a little bit more about the power of Josephine and what she can do. Now, um, the guy that she's been hooked up a b- with, a B-movie actor, um, has been trying to help her stay away from the evil cult that we saw first uh, begin in the in the 1930s. And um, they are basically on a giant manhunt for her. And the action leads the cult. I mean, it's it's if you don't know what's going on, if you haven't read the series by now, a lot of this uh, commentary is not going to make a lot of sense. But the cult finds their way to the house that Josephine has been staying, and it turns into a giant bloodbath. In fact, um, what year did the Manson murders occur? I don't know. Because uh, they make a, a reference to, is it that Manson family coming to get us? Is what the housekeeper is all crazy for. Um, but, uh, you know, the main bad guy, the leader of the cult... Um, he is the one that was created at the end of the last arc, uh, where this demon is being reborn. And what Josephine did was steal the guy's eyes. So this guy is basically blind and, uh, he wants them back. Well, Josephine has the power to just get men to do anything she wants. And up until I think she's known that she's had the power to control men, but it's at this point where she basically says to herself and, and says, I can control men. 
And when one of the bad guys captures her, she basically commands him to light himself on fire and grab the cult leader and just burn the entire place to the ground. Of course, she escapes with the things that she needs to escape, uh, but she disappears into the darkness and into the West, and uh, we don't know what happens to her uh, at the end of this arc. She just goes on. Now, we do know that in the future setting that uh, the story takes place via a bunch of flashbacks. In the future setting, we know that she's around still, so she's not dead. That's kind of the one thing that ruins this story is the fact that we know she's safe. Mm -hmm. Um, The person telling the story... um, has been trying to track down some stuff that's been stolen from him, from his uncle, and he kind of goes a little bit insane. I won't give it all away there, but he does go a little bit insane, and uh, we end book two uh, here. The good thing is, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, they've been talking, and they think that they have enough stories to tell about Josephine and these crazy cult members and the evil demons and whatnot, that Fatal is now in an ongoing series, and I can't be happier that it is an ongoing really, really good series. Uh, I really think people should check it out. Uh, really, you need to probably start with issue number one. There's only 10 issues out. They're easy to pick up. I read mine on Comixology. You can probably get it, you know, with all the new uh, digital storefronts. I know DC now. This, of course, this is Image, but DC is on the uh, the Nook and the Kindle and, I don't know, the 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 Walden e-reader. Yes. And so, the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Walden E-Reader. The, the B-Daltonator. The, the B-Dalton, yeah, the B-Daltonator. <laughs> um, that one's only, sadly, uh, still a black and white. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a dot matrix. Uh, dot matrix uh, printout, so not that one's not so good. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. You can pick these up very easily on digital. Uh, I say go do it. I'm giving Fatal number 10, four out of five stars. The art is fantastic, as always. It's not a, it's not a superhero book, but it's got it's a noir thriller that has... Death and demons and sexy babes and sex and uh, blood and violence. It's just got everything that you could that when you think pulp stories, mm-hmm. it's in this it's in this uh, series. And, and it's really good. Four out of five slices of meatloaf for me. All right. Uh, let us head over to Rodrigo and talk about an indie comic. Yes. What is it with you and all these indie comics that you're always reading? Well, I'm always looking for. Uh the I'm always looking for the next big thing, you know. <laughs> Scouting the street and be like, "Hey, kids, what y'all reading in your comics?" And they're always like, "You a cop?" Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're a cop, you got to tell us you're a cop. <laughs> Otherwise, it's entrapment. <laughs> yes, that's that's pretty much what I do every <laughs> afternoon, or I did until they uh, put my pictures up at the school. <laughs> No, uh, today I am going to be talking about a book called Red Ten, uh, number one mm-hmm. of ten, I mm-hmm. believe, uh, by like Comics Tribe. I yeah, think Comics is Tribe the, is the, the publisher. That, uh, yeah, and this is an indie book, and it's a the the concept is that it's a superhero retelling of an Agatha uh, Agatha Christie story. Mm-hmm. So uh, it starts out with a murder, of course, and then uh, when when the super team goes down to investigate, they uh, figure out that there is much more to the mystery than they thought was going to be there. They basically go in guns blazing and they're like, we're going to kill you, bad guy, because you killed our friend. But then they're like, oh, no, dangerous things are happening. So um, the art is... Okay, I think a lot of the time the art is kind of 
uh, saved by the coloring. There are times when the poses are a little stiff. Yeah. There are times when it's difficult to see what's going on, but the coloring, I think, is very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that really does bump up the art in the same way that, you know, poor coloring can really screw up good art. Right. Um, not that this isn't good, but, uh, you know, I think that there are times when, you know, a, a character has just kind of a weird facial expression or, you mm-hmm. know, their their bodies are not positioned in, in what seems like any sort of comfortable way. But other than that, you know, the character designs are interesting. Um, it's very clear that they're made to be kind of your uh, Justice League or Avengers types. Mm-hmm. And uh, likely they are going to get uh, killed. One, one at a one. time. Yes. Have you ever read or seen the movie? I think Ten, I, Ten Little Indians is what I think the movie was named. Mm, That's I, not the original title of the book. Right. Scandalous. Ten Little Inwards is what the original title of the Agatha Christie book was. Right. But essentially, these people have been gathered at this island, and then they're picked off one by one. Right. And is that what's happening here? Do that we get that kind happening. of setup right here? Yeah. Um, by the end of the issue, we are down to nine. And I'm going to guess... Since there are 10 issues and 10 heroes, that that's how it's going to go. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. So it could be interesting. Oh, yeah, interesting I'm, so far? I, I'll tell you what. I I didn't, although I saw the Agatha Christie um, hook, like mm-hmm. I saw the, the description of it, I didn't recall the story. Um, so I was like, well, you know, this is more superheroes. I'm like, oh, look, there's their Superman and their Martian Manhunter guy and blah, blah, blah. And right. I'm like, eh, I'm not really all that interested. But then by the time I got to the end, it's like, oh, now we're going to kill them all. Yeah, I was yeah. like, all right, um, I'm in. And somebody there is the killer. Oh, no. Perhaps. It's probably Superman. Can't yes. tell you who. What's in the box? I, I think the only thing that, um, you know, this is a this is a good story. And this is one that we've seen told time and time again. In many different uh, formats, mm-hmm. I've seen, I've heard radio plays that are just a t- take on this. I've, I've read, um, I've seen movies that are based on this. Most recently, in, when Grant Morrison was doing his Batman run, mm-hmm. he did a take on, and then there were none, where Batman and the what is it, the League of Batman or whatever they are, the Batman of many oh, nations, yeah. uh, are all on this island and they're being picked off one by one, and it's right. you know revealed who it is. But it follows kind of along this very same plot. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens with this book from Comics Tribe. Yeah, I'm interested. This is written by, let me look it up here real quick. This is written by Tyler James with art by uh, Cesar, Cesar uh, Feliciano, Feliciano, Mm -hmm. uh, C-E-S-A-R, Cesar, 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 Cesar. Okay. Um, And it is out in February of oh i'm sorry january of 2013 so oh that that's too bad because you know the world's ending oh dang it oh yeah crap well amid the apocalypse i'm sure you can still get comics in some form or another even if they're digital or even if they're in print yeah you can order it now so what is your what is your final summation on this rodrigo i want to give this three slices of meatloaf it was all of the elements come together to make an interesting um, an interesting experience, but nothing about it so far is extraordinary. I'm, I'm hoping that as the series goes on, it'll it'll really shine. From the cover, it looks kind of graphic. Is it pretty graphic? Yeah, there is a lot of blood, mostly just blood, but you do get you see people like being bludgeoned and stuff. Do you see any guts? 
Because usually blood, you get guts. Not, not you don't have blood and guts, then maybe just blood is okay. Yeah, not so far. But here's the thing. You do get to see the little rhyme of oh, how yeah. people are going to die mm-hmm. in the comic. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got to imagine that at least one of those is going to be pretty brutal. Ah, not good. Uh, nine little soldier boys sat up very late. One oversl- overslept himself, and then there were eight. So somebody's going to die sleeping. Oh, somebody's going to hang themselves. Oh, if no. you follow the Agatha Christie. No, no, no. This one's different. Oh, so they do change that up. Yeah, they change okay. that. That's good. That's good. All right. So that's um, Red 10, number one, coming from Comics Tribe. Go check them out at their website. Um, and uh, you can find ordering information there if you want to pick it up. But three out of five slices of meatloaf doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. And you're going to go check out issue two. Yes. Okay. If they send it. If they send it to us. All right. So, listen, Comics Drive, I know you sent it to us saying, hey, please review our book. And, of course, this is what happens when small publishers send us stuff. I send it right back out to everybody and say, hey, does somebody want to read this? And usually Rodrigo will say, yeah, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Or somebody else will check it out. Or, you know, you never know what will happen if you're sending us our the books. In fact, I do another show uh, that people may have heard, Comic Dorks, that mm-hmm. I do with Scott Johnson, Scott Kurtz, and Mark Spagnolo, who's the Wood Whisperer. And uh, someone sent me an email saying, oh, I heard you guys were talking about the digital comics. And he sent me an email about, I think it's, and I'm sorry, I forget the name, but Moth City. And I was like, well, let me check it out. And it's a really cool way to see how to tell a, a story. It's kind of along the same um, uh, technique that Mark Wade is using in how oh, you yeah. don't reveal everything on the page at once, but every subsequent click right, right. reveals a new word balloon or something like that. Uh, but it was very interesting, and that's mothcity.com, where you can read it online, and you never know what you're going to uh, to see um, or what you're going to learn about when you send us uh, your uh, your small indie book to Majorspoilers.com. Mail, the mail, the email address, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. <laughs> Zach, it is now down to you. Yes. Also another indie book, right? This one, Or image. I guess uh, image book this week. Yeah. Coming out uh, this Wednesday. All right. If you're listening this week. And this is I Love Trouble number one. So another new series starting up uh, from Image. And I think this is a new ongoing as of right now. It doesn't have a limited number on the cover. So okay. there you go. And so the basic gist of this story, it opens up and there's a girl and... She's on an airplane and she's trying to get away from something. It's not really clear um, what she's trying to get away from. There's some quick, real quick snippets of just like a third of a panel of some stuff from her past where she's like a pole dancer and some tattered monkey doll and a little girl crying. And so uh, we can assume her past is uh, what she's kind of getting away from. And all of a sudden, this plane is just going down. And she's like, holy crap, we're going to die. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I need to get out of here. And poof, she's out of the plane and hovering on a cloud. She's like, oh, I'm flying. And she realized, nope, I'm falling. And so she starts thinking again, thinking again, thinking again. And now she's on the ground and she watches the plane wreck. And she's just like losing her mind. And then it does this, it kind of does this weird thing. Where when I read it through the first time, it through the captions and narration, it kind of made it seem like this girl had died, and mm-hmm. that maybe she died on the plane and was just a ghost now. 
but uh, then you get another like four or five pages back into it, and people can actually see her. So we found out that she can teleport essentially, and she escaped the plane, but everyone believes that she is dead, and she makes her way back to New Orleans. And just some more, you start finding out more about what she was running from and how she is now going to use this new power. She just got seemingly from nowhere to pay back the past that she lived before the plane wreck. So um, it's an interesting read. There's still, I think, like a lot of um, uh, plot things that we still need to figure out about who this girl is mm-hmm. and what there's some there's some shady businessmen that go on and you don't really learn about all of them they're just kind of brief snapshots of really what's probably what is to come in the next in this arc and everything it's uh but it was it was an engaging story throughout some of it kind of seem you take a i think this one issue goes anywhere from 4 weeks to somewhere in the future it is 2 weeks after the plane wreck and then it's a few weeks after so there's a lot of time covered in just one issue, mm-hmm. which could probably be some issue because she's obviously trying to correct stuff for the people she owes. So how that's all quite working out is still up in the air. But uh, story-wise, um, it was fun. Uh, the power set is used interestingly because doesn't know it just randomly happens and she uses it to pop in out of museums and steal some paintings and she's stapling them to her wall which seems Mm -hmm. just wrong shouldn't staple paintings to your wall you should lacquer them yes (laughs) you should use scotch tape (laughs) (laughs) just fold it up in the back yeah i just kind of put it on there it's the correct way to do it you put holes in with a stapler um art wise though the art is what really got me to read this book. I clicked on it really quick when Image sent us a preview of it, and I was just looking for something to read really quick, and I opened up the art, and the art is phenomenal. I th- after thinking about it, it kind of the character design reminds me of characters from Wapsie Square, yeah. especially the main the main lead role girl looks mm-hmm. like she could be a character from Wapsie Square, but just the somewhat like realistic cartoony nature mm-hmm. of it, it's somewhat like a like a chew feel, not in the art, but just in the style that they go for. It's realistic, but it's still somewhat cartoony in the body postures and everything that happens. Uh, the coloring is phenomenal. The art is just wonderful in this book. I tried to find... Uh, oh, let me get to the beginning. Who did it? Oh, the artist? Mark yeah, the Robinson. Art- yeah. I, have, I tried to Google him, and I couldn't find anything else he had worked on, which was sad. I wanted to see more of his work. Well, I will bet you will be able to find it if you continue to look. Oh, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to Google the crap The next thing that you need to do is go over to... One thing, if you're trying to find artists, there's a couple of things that uh, people can do. Obviously, you can go to Twitter if you just type in the person's name on Twitter. Usually, that will lead you to their Twitter account. If it's an artist, though, I've had a lot of good luck trying to track down artists by going to DeviantArt and looking up their name because you can find a lot of artists hanging out there and showing their stuff. Mm -hmm. And especially new artists will have a lot of their their work over there. A lot of... uh... A lot of artists have Tumblr accounts as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And a lot, there are a lot of people on Tumblr who what they do is search for art mm-hmm. and and share it. and and share it, and they credit them, and they mm-hmm. usually have links back to their websites as well. 
So Tumblr might be another. Just just be careful. Don't. Yeah, there's, there's a new worm. There's definitely I guess the worm got shut There's down, definitely so. a shelf, like a continental shelf on Tumblr, and you can walk past it uh-huh. into a very dark place. Mm, Make sure your safe search is on, Young Zach. Oh, yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't need phone calls from your mom. No. What are you not, having my son look at? Not after last week. Um. Yeah, so I think this is a book that uh, people should check out. It's fun, and the art, like I said, is amazing. And I'm uh, interested in where uh, this story is going to take pla- uh, go from here with the shady business people and her teleporting around. And I'm going to give it uh, a good three and a half slices of meatloaf. It's good stuff from Image. Great. Excellent. And Zach, um, Googling Mark A. Robinson, you have uh-huh. to use his middle initial, oh. yields uh, Mars is alien technology.blogspot.com, the, uh, the blog space of Mark A. Robinson. Uh, there it is. Look Enjoy yourself and see some of his oh, stuff. This is outdated. Well, but that's yeah, a good but, place to start. November yeah. 2011. I mean, that's always a good place to start. Uh, but that'll at least get you some stuff from 2011, 7 to 2011. Yeah. So, uh, and then, so Matthew is not here again this week. He is working uh, this uh, this night. He'll be back for dueling reviews on Thursday, but he'll miss the Friday show because we record both of those at the same time. Uh, I would point you to his Kevin Keller number six review that's up on the Majorspoilers.com website. It's out this week from Archie Comics. The cool thing about Kevin Keller is he is probably the most popular Archie character right now, just because of um, the LGBT right, uh, community right. that's mm-hmm. latched onto him. And just so many people in general that have latched onto Ke- Kevin Keller. Really great series. If you haven't been reading it, really a great character and a good addition to, uh, to Archieville uh, Riverdale. Uh, but in Kevin Keller, number six, uh, George Takai or George Takay, uh, depending on how you pronounce it correctly. Star Trek. Yes, good job. he is. Yes. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, comes to Riverdale and uh, Kevin wants to meet uh, one of his idols. So there's a a good team up. Matthew goes in and reviews it. Uh, I'll tell you that he gives it four stars out of five, so it must be really good. So you should go and check out the review and find out why Matthew thought Kevin Keller number six was so good this week from Archie Comics and why you should go pick it up. All these reviews and many, many more, Majorspoilers.com. The holidays are upon us. Oh, my gosh. I was trying to do more holiday shopping this past weekend, Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. Kids are a pain to buy because in one moment they say, oh, I want this. And you're like, okay, you go, you do all your shopping, all this kind of stuff. And then two days later, the kid's like, oh, I want this. And then it's like, well, I thought you said you wanted this. Oh, no, that's dumb. That's why why I'm holding off. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm holding off all the rest of my holiday shopping until after the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Because then that way my credit card bill won't get charged if it it actually comes to pass. Uh, I don't have to worry about a debt following me around in the afterlife. (laughs) Right. But after the 21st, I will be doing mad dash shopping at Amazon.com. For all the rest of my holiday gifts, and I'm going to do that by going to Majorspoilers.com, clicking on the Amazon.com link, and making all those last-minute purchases, including overnight FedExing to uh, such famous people as uh, Rodrigo and Rob and uh, Matthew and all those other people that uh, help out so much with Major Spoilers. Not Zach. Um, Don't tell him. 
Um, but here's the thing. If you use that link over to amazon.com, same price, same shipping, all the other stuff is just the same. It's just like you're making a regular Amazon purchase. The only difference is a little credit comes to us and that keeps, uh, the lights on, keeps the boat floating, gets whatever's going, gives a little cash back our way so that I can go out and buy presents for Rodrigo and Zach. And I get presents this turn. Oh, did I say that? I meant oh, the other no. Zach. Oh. Right. The cool Zach. Oh. The one that's actually watched Star Trek. Right. Oh. Well, Zachary Quinto. That's, yeah, Zachary that's Quinto. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Actually, oh. now, that I, now I know what I'm going to get Zach for Christmas. Yeah. Star Trek. Movie. But I have to watch it by next week. Oh, you can. Oh, well, I can still order it from Amazon.com and you can we'll watch be it before here? the apocalypse. Okay. I don't have your mailing address, so there. Good. All this and more. Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let us get to the major spoilers poll of the week. Week, 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 week. Yeah, I keep waiting for Matthew to just interrupt, and it's just like a super long delay this week. <laughs> yeah. But if he was here, you know he would uh, chime in with something. Yes. Something that starts with maybe poll. Or week, 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 week. Uh, so we are in this new age. The uh, Wasn't the age of Aquarius? The, what's, the, what's the new age that the Mayans have cooked up for us? When the calendar runs out, the Jaguar era. Uh, I don't remember. But I think uh, it's Aqua- Aquarius. No, it's not Aquarius. No, it's not Aquarius. What no. is it? The age of Aquarius. We age are. We are in the Gemini. I don't know what we're age in, but as the world is about to end, Rodrigo wants to give us two choices. Right. You can either take the red pill mm-hmm. and have all your answers answered, know everything that's going on, or you can take the blue pill. And just go back to sleep and pretend and live your ordinary everyday life. Mm-hmm. So the question this week, listeners, is would you take the red pill or would you take the blue pill? And I guess before we have Zach answer that question, we probably ought to ask. <laughs> have you seen The Matrix, Zach? Yes. Uh, I actually, I saw The Matrix. Uh, oh, thank God. <laughs> pro- probably. I thought I was going to have to hit him. <laughs> once it came out on VHS on- at that time, I rented it yeah. from my grandparents' local grocery store, which they probably shouldn't have because I'm pretty sure it's rated R and I was about But nine. it's your grandparents. No, I, they weren't with me. I went oh, down to the okay. grocery store by myself. Oh, I thought you meant it was your grandparents' grocery store. Oh, no. I meant in their town. Oh, okay. It's a small town. But yeah, I remember watching it and I, and I remember the uh, line, oh. we're not in Kansas anymore in the trailer. They was in the trailer and I remember that freaking me out when I was little mm. for some <laughs> reason. That, that scared me. Like, That's- I live in Kansas! <laughs> Okay, so you know what the blue pill and the red pill are all about. Yep, so, all up on my pills. So, really, he's in college. So, Zach, what would you take—the red pill or the blue pill? I, I, I have to go the red pill. I think to be presented with the fact that the life that I'm living is all some weird, jacked-up computer program that I'm in, and that there's something beyond that that I could know what's happening would be too much for me. I couldn't, well, I guess it, it would make me forget it. But, uh, at that moment I would have to take the red pill and I don't have that. I don't live in like a nice house or anything. I mean, I don't have a, I don't have like a fancy apartment. I'm like, well, maybe this will be an improvement. Let's yeah. There, the there, there is no spoon, Zach. So your apartment could be anything you want. Oh, well, well, yeah, but, I, I but you go, have to I take, still go with the red pill. Yeah, you have, have to, to take the, the red, red pill, pill first. For, for right, I understand. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Matthew went off and said, here's a problem I have. Oh, wait. How would he, how would he say that? 
Well, here's a problem that I have with this question. It's really not a good question. (laughs) Taking the red pill doesn't make me Neo. If I'm not Neo, then I don't nail Carrie Ann Moss. If I'm not (laughs) nailing Carrie Ann Moss, I'm not the center of the story, and I probably go out like Cypher. Heck, I'll use the the toned-down version. Given my luck, I'll probably go out like Switch or get replaced by Harold (laughs) in the sequel because the producers don't like me, not to mention the fact that the third sequel will be a cluster schmoz that totally blurs the line between the reality established by the first two and the fantasy that we are all by inference trapped in. In short, I have to take the chance of living through the matrix revelation uh, revolutions. I'll stay asleep in my happy little pod dreaming of corporate bullcrap and never having to deal with the potholes and framostats and the betrayals of that rotten uh, Joe Pant. What's his name? Pantaliano. Pantaliano. Give me the blue pill, says Matthew. He wants to just live an ignorant, unassuming life. What about you, Rodrigo? Um, I I I can definitely see the the appeal of the blue pill. I think on most days I might actually take the blue pill just because. I, I mean, assuming that this is kind of that metaphorical thing that is not necessarily the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it was the Matrix, I would take the red pill because then I could awesomely learn kung fu like super fast, right? Yeah. And that would be super sweet. But isn't that just a, I mean, you're not, a, I mean, were you really saying, would you really wake up the Matrix or were you using that as a metaphor of, uh, could, would you take the red pill and want to be knowing what's really going on or just live I, your ordinary life? I think life? you can answer it either way. Okay. Uh, I mean, the Matrix is, it's, I mean, we've seen a lot of stories like right, the right. Matrix right. since then and before that. Right. Uh, I, I think somebody offering you and, you know, to a certain degree, you being convinced that somebody can offer you that, you know, all your questions will be answered mm-hmm. about reality right. is mm-hmm. a, it is a little bit too much to turn down. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to eat those magic sandwiches. I think, you know, there's a the little gnome comes up, tells you jokes uh, and then gives you the secrets of the universe. Uh, well, the the problem with that is that. Afterwards, you forget them because can know, you can you remember it. what the gnome was saying? No, exactly. He just was kind of like, bah, 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 bah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's all I remember. You're there, little guy. Don't do you're drugs, so, kids. You're so funny. <laughs> Zach, um, don't do drugs. I don't need another phone call from your mom. Yeah, <sighs> she's still calling you. Yes, I told so, her. I said, "Mom, stop calling Stephen. He's busy." Uh, she does think he's the post office, though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. You know, uh, for example, if I could take the red pill and figure out why every time we bring up supernatural stuff, one of our podcasts goes missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that that would be the sort of thing that I would want to know. Yeah. And especially if I then uh, became super awesome. Because that's here's the thing is, you know, I, I mean, we're talking about fiction and stuff. Is like usually people who become exposed to this stuff also get something out of the deal. Mm-hmm. They can see ghosts or they can perceive the hidden world or they can escape reality mm-hmm. or they can learn to fly a helicopter um in the time that it takes a uh, a modem to upload to the information yes <laughs> think how much faster the internet is now you've yep. got mail <laughs> so yes uh i think if I thought that it was going to give me all the answers, I probably would take the red pill and probably immediately regret it. But I would be too busy, like, dodging bullets and being awesome. Well, but to, isn't that the thing with uh, Pantaleone's character is that he basically was like, hey, I'll betray all of you guys if you'll just jack me back in right, so I'm right. not eating slop. Right. You know, so you could take the red pill and then opt later to say, wait a minute. This yeah. is yeah. 
let me go back and live the 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 dream but really but, but here's the he thing he did that he did that before he realized that there are like uh super sexy raves back in <laughs> yeah. uh, back in, in middle Zion. earth but yeah. back in middle earth yeah uh for me it was red pill all the way because i'm just somebody that has to know has to know has to know and uh if there is you know, a big conspiracy going on, whether that be uh, uh, that we're all living in some kind of a matrix or whether it's the Illuminati or whatever it is. Uh, I want to know what that is. And then, of course, living with that knowledge can drive you insane. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one mm-hmm. of the things that we see in a lot of the uh, Robert Anton Wilson books is that people who have this and have unlocked that secret of the universe kind of go right wiki in the wacky woo. Right. You can't you can't be the, the can't put the genie a, back in the bottle. Exactly. It's a it's a. It's a classic theme. Mm-hmm. Once you have, even if it's just knowledge, you, not power or anything, once you have that awareness, once you have that knowledge, you can't go back to normal society. Yeah. Right? I you think have to exist outside of it. I don't know if I would go crazy because I've so, my eyes have been opened up so many times on just things that, how business works or how a corporation works or how this, and I'd probably just go back and go, oh, well, that's a letdown, or just be real bitter about it. I don't know if I'd go crazy. Well, there's, I but mean, I'd probably be but, real bitter about but, it. But, yeah. but I mean, what what's the definition of crazy? Well, that's is true. is crazy running up to people and then being really freaked out and running away from them because that's basically the first half of they live, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. and that guy's crazy yeah, because yeah. he gets that knowledge. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I'm still choosing the red pill. I I want to know. I, I want to know. Would you do it if you were the only one? That was going to know anything, or would you be more? Well, somebody's got to offer me the pill. R- well, let's just say you find a pill or something. Would you be Eat the only me. one if it was the, the cake to Alice? If you were the only one, or is it that um, would know everything, or would it would be yeah, more, a support well, structure? A support structure you know, right? that, yeah. that everyone there's like five people <laughs> ten, that know all the ten crazy. steps to understanding the <laughs> yeah. hallucination you just saw. Yeah, um, no, I think that'd be fine. Yeah, but the 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 bad part is then. If you do go out and say, well, I need to tell everybody about this, then you really are perceived as the nut job yeah, because right. there's no other frame of reference for that. Uh, or else you just establish your own cult and then uh, right. wait for the 21st to roll around. Rodrigo, do you have the website open? I do. Do you have the list of the uh, of the people, I guess, uh, as you're getting ready to call up the numbers some of the other people have said, I've had pretty good day, got nothing to do, let's go to Wonderland, yay, reality, says, uh, uh, what is it, Arctic Phoenix? Um, when I die, nothing I would have ever known will matter. I may as well enjoy my time here. Takes the blue pill. Um, Russ Cat says, I like my little life. It may not be the flashiest one, uh, in the cont- continuum, but I have a decent job, cozy house and someone against all probability who loves me. I sleep well at night and that's good enough for me. So I think he's going to take that blue pill. Um, Andrea says, Wonderland, Wonderland. Um, the truth is important, even when it hurts. Living with the knowledge of the truth r- of reality after taking the red pill may not be as comfortable as the mundane ignorance of the blue pill, but it is what's real. Also, you can have an awesome fun time in the construct area after loading information directly into your brain. There you go. Ignorance is bliss, says uh, Scroll Brian. Mm-hmm. So how did everybody else vote? Well, the uh, spoilerites voted overwhelmingly for the red pill, 74 to 26%. Wow, that's a lot. 156 votes at this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com and you can cast your vote in the poll of the week. Red versus blue and not the game. Right. Not, not the, <laughs> not the yeah, Although not that the would be kind of funny yes, as well. Yes. 
All right, let us uh, take a quick one of these just so we can make sure we get this recorded before the supernatural comes down and right. lays the smackdown on us. And then we'll be back to talk. Um, we'll be back to talk Iron Man Armor Wars. Armor Wars. It's going to be like super short. You're just going to hear a bloop, and we'll be back. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to be a part, <laughs> what? I told you it was just going to be a little bloop. Yeah, I know. Bloop. <laughs> so, listeners, here's the part. You know that part that was supposed to be there that wasn't there? Because that's the part where you're supposed to call in and say, hey, man, I want to talk about uh, Red Pill or Blue Pill. and uh, want to talk uh, about Armor Wars. I want to talk about Armor Wars and the story of the Arenas family. Yeah, you just need to call the Major Spoilers Hotline and just wait for the beep. Just wait for the beep and leave an, a message. It's a limited, you can't leave a, a you know, a 20 minute message so I don't go on and start reading your manifesto. Right. You don't have time for that. But page one. <laughs> <laughs> you have about, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You have about two to three minutes to record your message and then mm-hmm. it, then it'll catch off and then we won't get that. Me- or sometimes we'll get the message and it's just cut off and it's hysterical because they go on and set up, set up the big uh, right, reveal. Right. And then, the, and the secret to their universe is beep. First uh, off, <laughs> let me say this. You guys have a great podcast. <laughs> Big fan. Anyway, the thing that I really, really, really hate about this book is... Beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to call the Major Spoilers Hotline and be a part of all of this frivolity, all you have to do is call 785-727-1939. That's the phone number. If you are on Skype, you can look for me, Stephen underscore Schleicher. Mm-hmm. Good luck spelling that. That's why we suggest that you use the number. Right. Um, or you can record your comments and send them in an email to us to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. And that would be an MP3? Or... MP3 is best. Mm-hmm. Um, Wave, AIFF are just too large of files. MP3 compresses down two or three minutes. Again, nothing super long. Right. We try to keep these shows as short as we possibly can, even with all the uh, craziness that we sometimes get derailed on. Yes. We took the crazy train and got derailed. that is the major spoilers hotline and if you're wanting to hear this show in its highest fidelity possible considering this is a compressed audio format Mm -hmm. might we suggest picking up a pair of uh, uh, tweaked audio headphones from our friends at tweakedaudio.com all you need to do is head over to tweakedaudio.com you can check out some of their uh, in-ear earbuds they come in four styles, six colors you can get a microphone if you want it so if you're on the long uh, roads of Western Kansas and you need to call in, uh, you can do so with these headphones from tweakedaudio.com. And the best thing is when you check out, use the code MAJOR and get 30% off the price. That's from our friends, tweakedaudio.com. Okay, it is time to talk Iron Man. Copyright. Uh, so we can go that far, I think. So uh, back in the 80s, there's this big thing that was not actually called Armor Wars to begin with. It was called the Stark Wars. Mm -hmm. And it is an interesting story about... What's that? Stark Wars. Stark Wars. Stark Wars. Uh Those fabulous Stark Wars ran in Iron Man uh, issues number 225 to 231. Only eight issues. But it's one of those that has uh, captured many of people's attention Mm -hmm. because... Just prior to this, I don't remember how many issues before, uh, Tony was just dealing with the demon in the bottle. You right. could probably uh, Google that really quick and find out what happened. Um, demon. It's a great thing about technology in a bottle. Oh, no, I took the red pill. Ah. Not to be confused uh, with. Issues 120 to 128 is okay. when we had demon in a bottle. So 
he's still trying to cope with um, uh, his recovery. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he discovers is that all these armor-powered uh, villains People. and superheroes yeah. um, all have been using stolen Stark technology. Right. And that's kind of where this issue kicks off, or this series kicks off. Right. So uh, Tony Stark is uh, Iron Man. He built an awesome armor for himself and then proceeded to build himself t- 10 more awesome armors right, over right. the years. Now, this one in particular, mm-hmm. and I think this is the reason why Matthew was somewhat excited about mm-hmm. um, wanting to review this story, is because it features the Silver Centurion armor, which right, is that, Matthew's favorite Right, that uh, silver armor. and red armor. Silver and mm-hmm. red armor with the big 1980s shoulder pads on the right, side. Right, right. Yeah. And um, like... The huge, like, cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was written into Tony Stark's contract. Yeah, uh, he, has to, he has to have a huge yeah, cod, piece. cod piece, though. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, like you, as, as you were saying, um, Tony Stark is, is a superhero. He's a good guy. He's re- a recovering alcoholic. He runs Stark Enterprises. And after a big fight with a supervillain, where he recovers the armor that the supervillain was wearing, he starts looking at it and he's like, wait a minute, there's Stark technology in here. And this guy has killed tons of people. So by association, because this guy's using my technology, I have killed thousands of people. And then he kind of goes bonkers. Yeah, he kind of goes, it's a huge guilt trip that he goes into. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I can never let the Stark technology be used to kill people. I'm Iron Man. I only do good. I must stop this. And what follows is... A little bit of adventure, mm-hmm. a little bit of punchy punchy, mm-hmm. um, litigation. I mean, if you yeah. want to see business being run, oh yeah, this is all about get my lawyers on the phone. I know I never PR, I, yeah, yeah, PR. Yeah, there's there's is a lot of this. public relations uh, stuff in uh, there. A lot of military industrial complex, right, right, um, and some romance, romance. Um, I, I found I just from the business law standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like Tony Stark is first like get all my lawyers together. And he's like. Look, I realize I never trademarked or patented any of this uh, technology because I don't want people to find out that I'm Iron Man, which right. is another thing that is at this point right. in time, uh, everyone still thinks that Tony Stark is Tony Stark and Iron Man is some other guy that right, he's that he hired, hired to do this. And we saw that at, at uh, in the first movie to an extent. They kind of tried to pay it off. It was somebody else mm-hmm. until he came out and revealed that it was himself. Um, but, um, you know, here he's trying to keep these secret identities separate and so I don't want people to find out that I'm uh, really Iron Man. So right. lawyers, get on this and try to sue, um, uh, what's his name? Hammer. Uh, Hammer. Justin Hammer, Justin Hammer uh, for stealing my trademark secrets. And they're like, every couple of pages, Tony, we've been trying to talk to so-and-so. And the Justice Department, it's like, you didn't patent this stuff. It's You right. got no lawsuit. You got no case. And no, fortunately, those scenes are usually stopped by, you know, somebody running in and being like, a guy is attacking. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, Iron Man time. The other thing that is uh, really cool here is that we see Rhodey as uh, Tony Stark's confidant. Yeah. Right. And they're working together to try to bring down all of these bad guys. Right. That have using the stolen technology. And so issue by issue, Tony starts with. The low-level bad guys. Um, Stilt Man. Stilt Man. <laughs> and the reason why I remember Stilt Man so much is, and this is this would this would send Matthew off on about a 20-minute t- rant, I think, mm-hmm. is in the Ultimate Universe, after Ultimatum, uh, Ultimate Iron Man, Ultimate Tony Stark, um, realizes that people have gone in and broken into the old Stark Industries and have been stealing that technology. And one of the first people he goes at, just like in this series, mm-hmm. is Stilt Man. Right. And it's 
Stiltman is really, really not a very good villain. He, no. he almost seems like he was a villain created specifically for those Hostess Twinkie ads. Yeah, I think <laughs> Stiltman... The, the, the funniest thing about Stiltman is that he's got these, like, extendable stilts, right? And it's right. like, all right, that's his shtick, that he can, like, go up and down and be really tall. But then Iron Man comes after him, and the first thing he does is he jettisons the stilts and starts flying. And it's like, if he can fly, then why do you need the stilts? They're just like really kind of inconvenient weapons. Like you have to get the drop on someone and kind of step on them. And kind of getting the drop on them is exactly what Tony does, because after he jettisons the stilts and starts to fly away, Iron Man just picks up one of these giant stilts and bashes him on the head. Which then gets into another part of this story, is that... People are now trying to, Stiltman is trying to stu- sue Stark Industries right, for right. damages from uh, from getting injured by Iron Man, this rogue agent that everybody suddenly is mm-hmm. is going a little crazy on. Yeah, and so people are just going crazy, like, what's Iron Man doing? The Avengers come to Tony Stark and like, hey, you, we, need, we need to know what's going on. He's like, no, no, you can't really know. But eventually it gets to a point where he has to fire Iron Man from Stark injury, in- yeah, Industries. Yeah. Which is in itself just kind of a, a trippy right, moment, right. just yeah. to throw everything off, and uh, we find out that he's but a good move. It is. It a really is kind of a, it is a really mm-hmm. kind of a cool thing because even the PR person who is dating Rhodey mm-hmm. is like, "Oh, this is such a, a hassle to deal with. We got to do something about this if we're going to repair Stark Industries because apparently the indus- uh, the company is being rebuilt from the ground up." Uh, following uh, events by what's his name, Obadiah Stane, mm-hmm. uh, stole the company from him. Um, but yeah, he has to fire uh, Iron Man, and then the government comes up and says, "Hey, uh, it's Nick." Nick Fury comes up and says, "Hey, we need to know who this out of control agent is. Mm-hmm. You better give it up." And he's like, "Oh, sure." It's like I forget the guy's name, Bob Smith. Right. And they're right, like, right, right. "Bob Smith? Who's Bob Smith?" And then you know later, uh, Tony reveals, "Oh, it's just a guy that I had, you know, uh, set up. It's an imaginary name. They'll never find him. It doesn't exist." Mm-hmm. And of course, then that gives Tony this inside track as to what the government and what all these agencies are planning as they try to set up Tony. Right. I think the weirdest thing or part of the problem in this is that had he just been going after bad guys, then he probably would have been okay. Sure. The public was like, uh, Iron Man's getting a little out of control and is being real violent. In fact, even rampage of revenge, roaring rampage of revenge. Correct. Alliteration. Um, (laughs) Uh, in fact, even Hawkeye even says, hey, man, you're taking this Avenger t- title to a whole new level. We can't be dealing with hey, that. dude. Uh, we'll get more into Take that. Take it easy, we'll, dude. We'll talk a little <laughs> bit more about the language and some stuff a little bit later on. But um, um, the the thing that really kind of gets cr- – causes the most conflict for uh, Iron Man and Tony Stark, or one and the same um, – spoiler uh, – is that he goes after anyone yeah. who's using any technology, including – Stingray, who is a uh, he's part-time like a, Avenger. Yeah, he's working for the government, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's like working for the gover- operative. government operative. And he goes after S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, because they have yeah. the mandroids. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's taking them down one by one. And, and so that really puts Iron Man as this rogue agent. What's he trying to do? And um, I guess that's somewhat noble. I mean, Zach, is that does this seem like a the um, actions of a crazy man or someone mm-hmm. who's totally sane in what he's doing and is part of his 12-step program? Oh, I don't think you can go completely one or the other, but I felt like he was justified in what he was doing. He wasn't physically going and killing everyone on purpose, if he happened, that was using his technology, but he devised a 
thing that was going to fry the part of their suits that was using his technology. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was going at it about a way that from everyone else seemed kind of crazy because it just seemed like he was randomly attacking all these people. But in his mind, he had a justifiable way of saying, I am stopping this person from using this technology for the sole reason of they will no longer be able to hurt anyone from what I have created to help people. So I I think he was justified in, I mean, like 85% of the way. What about you, Rodrigo? I think that uh, this is a point where... Um, where he really goes, like he kind of goes too far. Um, but like Zach said, he th- there's a logic to it. You know, essentially, he's saying anybody who has my technology can create these armored suits, mm-hmm. right? And thus potentially hurt people, even if it's Shield, which is a which are good guys mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that Shield's technology can't be leaked to someone else, right? right. And then those bad guys use that technology, or you j- sometimes you just don't know what Shield is doing. You know, Shield is a government agency; oh, yeah, yeah. they could right, go right. in and kill a bunch of civilians in some far-off village with right. Stark technology. Right. So definitely, in each one of these uh, chapters mm-hmm. uh, or issues, if you're reading them in the individual issues, or like I am uh, reading it in the Comicsology Collected Trade, one after another, um, there is one fight per issue at least, mm-hmm. at least one mm-hmm. fight. And then there's all this business. The lawsuit's going on. There's corporate espionage going on yeah, because right. Tony Stark is trying to um, uh, hack into Hammer's um, uh, computer systems to find out who has all this technology been been uh, leaked to. And then he even enlists the aid of Ant-Man, which is going by a different name in this was kind of weird. I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know the name of Oh, Hank. yeah. He was, it wasn't Hank Pym. It wasn't Hank no, Pym. It was, it's a different guy. Oh, it's a totally yeah. different The, the reason okay. why... He's like, oh, well, I kind of don't want to do this. Is because that guy stole the Ant-Man mm. costume from Hank Pym. Okay, yeah, I, don't, I don't know the history of that, yeah. so, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, so he's like, I need you to go be Ant-Man and break into some place and do bad things. And he's like, come on, man, I'm trying to go straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, dude, people are using my Iron Man armor to do bad things. And he's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, plus I'll give you all this money. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll yeah, give yeah, you... Yeah. He's like, talks. well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, get a store set up. I will give you a thousand stores. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good enough. Um, so the corporate espionage was kind of cool. I mean, the technology is way outdated. I mean, he puts it. This. Then they they put a virus throughout the entire world. Oh yeah, at the end, yeah, yeah. The data off computers. And I mean, mm-hmm. the 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 worm virus. Yeah. We see that today going on. In fact, I mentioned a little bit ago about the Tumblr worm. Right. That was wrecking havoc uh, earlier this week. Uh, but yeah, they basically in the end inject a, a worm a virus into the internet. Uh, or into the, I don't know, it's not even the internet back then, but the into military the military databases, yeah, into yeah. the connected computers of the world, and it just keeps traveling around, and every mm-hmm. time it finds a little bit of uh, the Stark technology stuff, it deletes it, except, of course, Tony's, Tony's. stuff, which right. has been right, protected. Right, right. Which, which, which goes back to why you can say that Stark was going too far. Right. Because he didn't go, you can't have my technology, you can't have my technology, and, that, and now that there is no renegade Stark technology blow up all the Iron Man suits. Right. Right. He still has the Iron Man suit. Yeah, right. And he, he keeps is building. He, yeah. And he is basically saying, I am the only person mm-hmm. who has mm-hmm. the moral compass to to have this technology, right. which is, you know, you can say just as wrong mm-hmm. as him saying, you know, I'm going to take this technology away from the world or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else like any other person having it. So the uh one of the big battles is the final battle 
with a uh, suit called Firepower, yeah. which is this big, massive. And we've seen a suit like this before in one of the other Iron Man uh, comic books that we've read. In one of the mm-hmm. other series that we, we've we read, it's just like this big, jacked up you right. know, it's super. Got, it's literally got a nuke on it. It does, right, yeah. which you know, is, causes a bit of a problem in the climax. But uh, what happens is Iron Man shows up and Tony Stark is not prepared for how they've tweaked this thing to combat some of Iron Man's um, systems, including the little pack that he's sticking on all the suits Mm -hmm. to deactivate them. And he basically gets the crap kicked out of himself. And so they figure out at this point with only the firepower suit left, the only way to um, get everybody off his back is to kill Iron Man. Right. Right. And so in that battle, Iron Man dies Tony Stark lives, although he's next day he goes into work and everyone's like, gee, Tony, you're all battered and bruised. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, it's a good thing you weren't in near that fight with Iron Man, although they were in the same helicopter. Right. Um, but it's just one of those I- ironic things of. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of that. It was funny. It was like a nuke went off. But what was wrong with Tony? He had like a, he had like a black eye. Well, he got punched really, really hard right. uh, by that thing and cracked his ribs <laughs> and all that stuff. But. Uh, it's, it's stuff like, oh, yes, we're doing, at the very beginning, we're doing this Iron Man demonstration. It's too bad Tony Stark could not be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, the easy answer is he has to go monitor the thing at the edge of the airfield where no one can have access right. to. Um, but because you've killed the Silver Centurion Iron Man, um, it gives Tony the drive and the willpower. And this is like pure 80s montage. Right. Oh, You're yes. the best. The best. Alternately, nothing's ever the, gonna tear you the, down. The open to that Iron Man cartoon. Do you remember the Iron Man cartoon? Mm, I don't. Where he's like, he's got like that hammer, like that glove with like a hammer on it, and mm-hmm. it's like all like built into him, mm-hmm. and he's like literally forging the oh, Iron yeah. Man armor on <laughs> an anvil. Yeah, and that's kind of what we get. Uh, he's just rebuilds an all new Iron Man suit, mm-hmm. and it's the um, I don't know which version, Mark, I think it's whatever, the Mark Eight. Must be the Mark Eight, it's the it's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's the it's the it's a golden golden red uh, Iron Man, and he goes in and defeats Firepower, defuses the nuclear bomb. Everybody thinks that Tony Stark has hired another crazy man mm-hmm. to uh, to play Iron Man, but he ends up saving the day, and then he ends up deactivating everything. Um, and he feels better about himself to an extent. There's a weird epilogue that I don't know if if it's part of the trade or if that yeah. was part of the series. Or what, but it's this fevered dream where mm-hmm. old Iron Man and new Iron Man are battling it out, and mm-hmm. uh, it's very trippy, very, very meta. Yeah, it's very, pretty trippy. trippy. Very, very filler issue Yeah, I mean, you almost don't need the epilogue. Oh, no, you, in, you, you no. really don't. Yeah. Um, the last time this trade was in print was 2007. Yeah, the epilogue to the story published in issue number 232, so not part of the original run of this collected uh, series. Um, And then there's also a prologue story that runs issues 215 to 224. I'm kind of glad we didn't read that because you can just get into this, get into the meat of it. Well, and um, and by the end of the first issue, you have what the arc is going to be about. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, It was like a double-sized issue maybe. Yeah, like 44 pages or something, yeah. yeah. So it's like everything that you need to know about Iron Man, about what's happening, and about what's going to happen basically happens in that first issue. You and I had a concern, Rodrigo, going into this, mm-hmm. because this is a book from 1987. Right. And it's a Marvel book. Right. You and I had some concerns going right. into I was, this. I was, I was worried that it was going to be so dense that uh, if I just left it 
in my house, my house would collapse onto it. <laughs> One of the things that we've discovered as we go back and read a lot of this stuff from the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. especially Marvel, maybe not so much DC, but Marvel specifically is there's like one panel, 90% word balloon, right? you know, 10% image. And that really wasn't the case here. I mean, uh, no, in no. the uh, building the new Iron Man uh, armor sequence, there's a lot of um, voiceover narrative. Uh, and I mean, and, and it's it's a gradient, right? It's not right. like it's not like all of a sudden 1990 hit and right, 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 know, right. all this changed. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I mean, this is part of it. You see a lot of the stuff that was really getting itself um, really entrenching itself in the 80s. You see that grittier storyline. You see the hero going rogue. You see more um, panels with more action and less talk. Right, right. But there's still a lot of exposition because even at, you know, even at this point, they still had that, uh, they were still treating this like every comic is somebody's first comic. Right. Oh, and, that, and, so, and so young Zach here, who's probably never read a book from 1987. Um, uh, you, you're pretty much able to pick up what's going on right away without having to go back and read a bunch of other other issues, right? Oh, right. I mean, I literally probably could have read the last four issues, and I would have known what happened in the first three issues of this arc mm-hmm. based off the first two pages of the any issue that I grabbed because it essentially followed the formula of this is your first comic you are going to know what's happening in this arc yeah, yeah, if you right. pick this up. And, and you are going to get that largely through monologues and discussion yeah, like, in a lot of like, thought bubbles yeah, in universe mm-hmm. explanations which right. you know th- i kind of have the issue of i always feel straining the narrative you know you can you can i, I think there's a lot of nostalgia about uh comics you know ever since mm-hmm. the you know the 20s all the way through the uh through today about what that kind of superhero comic you know word wording and all that stuff was like but in the end i always feel that it takes me out of the story when iron man and or when tony stark and Rhodey are having this conversation about why iron man needs to keep a secret identity yeah right when it's clear that they've been doing it forever and that you know Rhodey's response is gotcha boss yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. this is the this is the first time I'm hearing this, or like yeah, yeah. every time you tell the story, I'm always amazed. Or like <laughs> every issue, or every issue, you have to use everyone's f- full name the first time you see them, right? Yeah, uh, just so that it, you know, again, every issue is somebody's first right. issue. You're trying to pick it up, trying to make it in continuity. It just seems a little awkward because I don't go yeah. around every week or every day when Rodrigo shows up to my house and I go. Hello, Rodrigo Lopez. How are things with you over at the public television station, also known as PBS, right. to those other people? And I'm not like, well, Steven Schleicher. Thank you for inviting me into your house in Hayes, Kansas. Yes. Thank you for inviting me into your lovely house with your wife and your two children. Yes. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't, I mean, and that's the, I guess that's the thing Ding that Ding dong, who is me. that? It is Zach. I yes. bet you that it is that young protege of Steven Schleicher, <laughs> but at night secretly possibly, a possibly burrito time, addict, possibly a time traveler from the yes. future yes. and also burrito addict. Um, yeah, I think that is, and it's not, and I, and I don't want to put this all on, on Marvel certainly because every, yeah, I mean, book yeah, does yeah, this, yeah. but it is more apparent when you go back and read the, the books from the mid seventies through the mid eighties. I, I think a real issue is that Marvel was in a lot of ways like, you know, like you had stuff like Watchmen and you had stuff like the Dark Knight uh, Returns in in DC, but Ma- but uh, Marvel really really embraced that grit and that mm-hmm. kind of more. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, that more, uh, what I want to say, like that more action-oriented storytelling, but they couldn't let go of the formula. So it's like they were trying to write, quote-unquote, modern comics Mm -hmm. while still holding on to the tropes of older comics. Right. Whereas I think a lot of the time DC was still in that older comic mentality, mm-hmm. so it doesn't seem as strange. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you when somebody explains what Superman, there's a, a bubble explaining what right. Superman is doing. Right. That's all that's happening. Right. You know, there's no necessarily all that much dialogue or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another kind of I guess big story element is uh, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers get into it over uh, right. over you know american you know what you american. shouldn't do and should do as americans right and uh, that kind of creates a rift between the two even though that's not a spoken rift of i hate you tony no i right, hate you right, right. steve and we're never going to talk again kind of thing um but it's but it's slapped over the head and tell you that the look between the two is one that one will never forget there yeah. is a definite rift between the two going right. forward um, yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's I, kind of a good story element, especially is, with what's good. going on with Steve Rogers, Captain America at this time. Yes, that there that is good and that is bad mm-hmm. because wouldn't it have been great for this story to just have Steve Rogers, Captain America show up? Well, it would be. But unfortunately, because of what's going on, right, right, right. you can't have Steve. Right. Rogers, exactly. Captain America exactly. Show. You have a guy wearing a black Captain America costume. Right. Um, and he's Steve Rogers, but like they're only calling him like the captain yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like yeah. he can't be called Captain America. So it's like it just creates like this really confusing situation if you don't know what's happening with mm-hmm. Captain America. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. For the first couple panels, because then they just because explain it. It's yeah. told over and over. Yes. Uh, it almost, you know, when I guess the thing that really bothers me about events, and we've all talked about this before, mm-hmm. maybe not young Zach, but. You know, when you're doing a big arc like this, it's almost like, well, because this fits into the greater universe, Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that it touches with the Avengers so that then people will go and read the Avengers book or it has to touch in with what's going on in Captain America so that people will go and read that Captain America book. And thank goodness they didn't say they didn't have like um, a huge confrontation between, you know, Stingray and Iron Man and then the battle is over and then... Six panels later, there's a follow-up, you know, scene between the two. And thank goodness they didn't do that with a little editor's note that says, to see what happened, go read, you know, West Coast Avengers, number 22. But, I mean, and and it's good and bad. You know, for example, I mean, I don't know if this was always the case, but the Beatle Mm -hmm. is a Spider-Man villain. Oh, is he? Okay. So, you know, you have... All of this crossover, you know, Doctor Doom. They mentioned mm-hmm. Doctor Doom. I don't know that mm-hmm. he does he. They didn't no, appear. He I mean, he appears no, in he one appears of the screens, the, right? Yeah, right. he might have the technology. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, Doctor Doom, Fantastic Four villain. Sometimes that that continuity and that shared universe is nice, right? But sometimes you have somebody show up, and rather than just saying, "Here's Captain America. Here's what he stands for," you have to get into this thing about how Captain America is like in a weird place, man, mm-hmm. and, like, why he's carrying around a guitar. <laughs> like, can we talk about why you're carrying a guitar, Captain America? It's like, well, don't My worry. My shield's the, broken, the, the and I've only got this. Yeah, the thought balloons are going to cover that. <laughs> I'm going to change my name to Alcabong. I'm, I'm really not going to shave, though. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess uh, the st- from story-wise, I kind of dug this story. Yeah. Right? From the story standpoint... And it must be a really good story because they've told it again and yeah. again and again and again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, basically, this and Demon in a Bottle are like the most lauded 
as far as I can tell, yeah. stories from Iron Man's history, it, other than story. his origin. Now, it gets a little repetitive, mm-hmm. because once you know that I'm going to go after the bad guy, and then it's boom, 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 right. boom, after the bad it, guy. It does, it does become variations on a theme, right? because it starts out, I'm going to go after the bad guy, and then the first time around is like, then it eventually is like, I'm going to go out after a good guy, yeah, yeah, because he's right. got my stuff. And then one of them is, oh yeah, I went out against a good guy, and... He didn't have my stuff, so oh, yeah. I kind of right, just right, right. beat the kind crap of a, out of that guy for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's good because they do they do explore the emotional repercussions of that. I mean, mm-hmm. Tony Stark is very conflicted throughout all of this. Right. I mean, clearly he's got that crazy drive to get a hold of his technology, mm-hmm. but also the whole time he's like, "Yeah, I'm being a total jerkwad right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel good about that." Beep, boop 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 beep, boop boop. Hey, sexy lady. Yeah. <laughs> and he does that several times. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like, With diff- and, and it's, it's like makes, a different chick every time. <laughs> it's just like, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, how weird is it that just in the middle of all of this, hey, sexy lady, you want to go out to eat I, dinner? It's, I think it's Maybe kind some of- Maybe some later. It's, it's weirdly realistic. <laughs> I guess it is. I, yeah. I, you know, but it's just like, like kind of dropped right in the yeah. middle. And it's not like- they're in bed. I mean, there's only one implication that he slept with one, right, one girl. Right, right, right. The rest is like, hey, maybe we can walk around and get some hug and dogs. Well, remember and, when I used to a, own a, this a, building? And Good night. Least, and at least on one occasion, like a girl invites him back to his place right. and he's thinking too much about how difficult it is to be Spider-Man. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, Iron <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and kind of blows her off yeah, yeah, yeah. in the process. So, you know, I, I mean, again, the book is weirdly repetitive but also every time you see a situation it does have that variation yeah, it yeah, does yeah. have a different yeah. thing going for it you know every time every time that uh Rhodey's girlfriend shoots him an awful look it's like <laughs> actually oh. no that's probably the most consistent thing throughout <laughs> yeah, is yeah. that look that she gives him and he's like oh, oh it's gonna be a cold night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> did you like this story zach Yes. Really a lot? No, yeah, I really like there is a lot of moments, especially in that last battle when he's fighting firepower uh-huh. and he rips off his helmet. He's like, You could have saved me the entire time and he's the entire time and he's like, I lied. I was like, yeah, Holy yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's crap. Cool. Best best freaking move in the book as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Captain this is Iron Man. When I say duck, you yes. duck. Oh, and then he was. flies through the windshield yes. of a plane, takes yes. a guy out. <laughs> yeah. I was if, like, what happened to the pilot? <laughs> if that is not in the upcoming that movie. That has to be oh, in the yeah. next movie. Just because that is a very cool moment. Holy crap. I, that, you're right. That was, I was going to bring that up, but yeah, that is a very cool moment. Like I was like, yeah, book from the 80s. Yeah, I've yeah. seen everything you have. <laughs> Holy crap. This is a book from the 80s. Yes. I've got to make sure that I've got a transfusion of HIV negative blood. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, which was just like, <laughs> well, that seems kind of out of left field. But then you're thinking about the time yeah. period. Right, it's right. like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's totally in the time period. I mean, there's a, there's a couple other so things funny. like, hey, can you want to go back to my place for an Alka-Seltzer? I'm like, that's specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, So, and this is starting to get a little bit into the art, but we still plays into the story element. Mm-hmm. Um, so the references to real eighties type stuff, like right. the HIV negative blood, right. um, transfusion. And then all of a sudden you get into chapter three and it starts off with Richard Pryor and George Carlin, mm-hmm. uh, at a, uh, at a, uh, an event. And then all of a sudden there is uh, Don Johnson and, um, Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who the other guy is, to be honest. He's somebody who made the cover of people. I just assume it's, uh, Maybe uh, what, Pierce Brosnan? Oh, I, don't I just know. totally lost it. What's the name of that guy? Remington Steele? No, no, no. Not 
Oh. David Hasselhoff? Nope, I just totally lost it. Okay, it's you'll not, think about it's it. It's not Peter Fonda. Or, wait, is it oh, Peter no, Fonda? Oh, no, no, it's not him. Nope, 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 nope. Don't know who it is. Oh, is it Robert Redford? Nope, it's not Robert, Robert Redford. Redford has right. blonde hair. This guy has blue hair. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, it's, <laughs> uh, it's blue it's hair. It's Clark Kent. Wait, is it Christopher Reeve? <laughs> uh, maybe it is. I don't know. It, it's. I bet it's just all of a sudden here are all these boom, 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 four panels in a row. Yeah. Celebrity, celebrity, celebrity. And I know that that's part of and I, the I, Marvel Universe. I hate their puns. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because here's uh, Marty McFly. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, um uh, Michael J. Fox. But isn't he wow, wearing like, check that, out that armor? No, 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 he's just they're all wearing tux. tuxes. Wow, check that armor. He could probably go to the future and back in that. Nerf. I just went, but you oh, know, I missed I, all those. Now that I'm, you're saying I'm, I'm it, sure. I understand. Oh, like, oh, now I understand what all these are talking about. Right. I just kind of just blew right past him. I, I the only care. one that I got right off the bat was Michael J. Fox, because that is actually a really good likeness of Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Don Johnson. But now that I think about it, it is... But the Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor was not yeah. a very good rendition because I was mm-hmm. like, "That's not Richard Pryor." And then I was like, "Oh, look, there's George Carlin." Yeah, yeah, I and, uh, and I'm sure if we didn't mention those, Matthew would say, "Well, you guys really didn't do a thorough review if you didn't mention <laughs> George Carlin and and Richard Pryor on that uh, opening pages." But I know that Marvel Universe is supposed to be set in the real right, world. Right. But does this uh, does this we can we we can have a whole discussion about this? I know, and I know DC's done it too, right? Occasionally, right? But I don't know when I see these in any comic book, I'm all it's always a grown inducer, whether it's a yeah, whether it's a current story being told or something that's old. And it's like, oh, the Batman gets to meet, uh, you know, FDR. Right. Uh, yeah. Really? You know? Oh, yeah. I remember in Ultimate X-Men where the like Magneto like attacks the White House mm-hmm. and Cyclops is talking about the, the president and he refers to him as the Texan. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like because George W. Yeah, Bush yeah. was president at the yeah. time, and I'm like, I saw that, and I'm just like, Ugh. I know the presidents they do a lot, but yeah. I, I don't know. It just, it really, it doesn't bother me, but it, 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 I don't know. It throws me out of the story. Yeah, I because mean, it's I, just so blatant. It's I, like product placement. It's yeah, like when I, you yeah. realize that there's a thing called product placement. Suddenly, it's yes. always in your face, and you're I, like, "Ugh." Personally, I don't like it because it it calls attention to so many things. It calls right. attention to the fact that this didn't happen in the real world, right? You know, I mean, I, I, a big reason I think why uh, Superman stories happen in Metropolis and Batman's in Gotham City is because you don't live there, right? Right. right. Like, there could be a Gotham City where all this stuff is happening, but you don't live there, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. All of the Marvel stories take place in actual cities in the United States, usually, mm-hmm. or Latveria, which is a fake country. Right, so you right. have to go outside of the United States to start finding fake places. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just keeps pointing to it. And then in older stories, when you go back and read them, it further dates them. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. yes, it's very clear. I mean, there's no denying that this story is happening in the 80s, mm-hmm. right? But, yeah. but... That is just like you talk about driving the 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 nail in. This is like getting out one of those like industrial things that drive like bolts into concrete. Yeah. yeah when yeah. you show Michael J. Fox, right. and he makes a, a a Back to the Future reference. Speaking of the eighties and the art, ooh, Tony Stark and Rhodey love <laughs> the hairstyles, mullet mustaches. M- yep, mullet and flat top. Yep. Uh, or what, what is it that that's not the fadeaway? Is it? I don't know what it is, but he's Rhodey's got the flat top. I yeah. mean, it's mm-hmm. and again, 
you can go and read a, a comic from the 90s. You can go read a comic from the 70s. You can go read a comic from any time period, and you're going to see the clothing and the vehicles and the absolutely, architecture absolutely. all matching that. But it's just, for someone who lived through that and remembers that time, right. first page of Tony Stark taking off that helmet, and it's this, you know, <laughs> this Jerry Curl, Jerry yeah. Curl uh, mullet. It's just like, oh, this is the 80s. Yeah. Because I was going to make a crack about how uh, uh, the Silver Centurion armor has those padded shoulder pads, right, you know? Right. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. This is the 80s. This is very typical of the design of that time period. And, I, you know, it's still, I still it's laugh. Like, you know that as he's taking off the helmet, it's playing Burning Down the House by the <laughs> heads. I, I still laugh and get a chuckle out of it, but it is the time period. Uh, but uh, if you're going back to read it today, um, yeah, it might... I, did the, the, the art, I mean, did the, not the art, mm-hmm. the style of the time period interfere with your enjoyment of the story? Um, not besides when they had close-ups of Tony Stark's face, I didn't look at his blue mustache. That was the only time that ever threw me off. But the, everything else, no, I think it was, I mean, I, I can tell it's older just by the color scheme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The coloring. Mm-hmm. The coloring, yeah. especially with everyone's hair being like blue. Yeah. yeah. Now, I will say that the digital version that I'm reading on Comixology has to be remastered because the colors, I mean, they haven't changed the colors, Mm -hmm. but the images are sharp and crisp, and they look really, really, really good in this. But yeah, if you can get past the, uh, the dated look in a lot of things... And it's not hard. No, no, it's I don't not. Think it's that hard. A, a lot of the a lot of the time, it's about robot guys punching each right, other. Right, right, right. And the look of robot guys hasn't changed that much. No, no. they haven't. And then even the villains and the suits, you know, those right, things right. haven't changed. Yeah, uh, Iron Man's villains don't change that much from iteration to iteration. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird to see how frequently Iron Man changes, but his villains, like Crimson Dynamo, has looked the same forever. And I and I, the Gremlin that appears in there, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I know that guy. He hasn't changed much in in the right, time right. that he's there, but. Um, overall, I really like the art. Uh, the The layouts were yeah. good. Oh, yeah, design. I mean, design was good. Um, anatomy was good. I mean, there right, wasn't right. anything that's like freaky proportions. Right. To me, when I think of um, Marvel art, it's art like this oh, from absolutely. the from the eighties that always strikes my mind because that's when I was starting to get into comic books, and I remember reading Stanley's uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just Stanley, but his name was all across sure. it. Um, and I remember seeing this style and going, "Ooh, that's a neat style!" Right, right. And, and it's so, it's a you know, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how far along was this, but you know, Marvel kind of had a high a house style. Yeah, yeah. And artists were were supposed to get their stuff as close as possible. You know, obviously, depending on the artist, they would bring different things to it. They right. would have different uh, poses and and faces and things like that. But yeah, I mean, this is and it's solid. I mean, it it worked. Yeah, it works really well. When I think of when I go back and go back and venture into old stuff, I'm always struck by how unbelievably consistent everything yes. is through oh, yeah. Yeah, entire yeah. arcs. That yeah, it yeah. is the same uh, image of Tony from any angle. It's the same thing. Like, oh, that's yeah. him. Mark D. Bright did the layouts with Bob Layton uh, doing the uh, finished art and also helping with the plot. But mm-hmm. wow, it is. I mean, it's really, really good stuff. I mean, it really is. And what's funny is. You're looking at the shots of all the women, and especially in light of some of the controversy that's gone on, especially the uh, the Hawkeye, um, what's that uh, Tumblr page that people have created? Oh, the, the Hawkeye Project? Yes, the I Hawkeye think, Project. Oh, Hawkeye Initiative. The Hawkeye Initiative, where you're really looking at poses and genders and stereotypes. You know, the women that are in here, you're expecting to be in 
and even the people all in these really awkward poses mm-hmm. and uh, sexified up. And right. it's they're really not. It's not everybody. It's solid composition. Yeah, everybody always stands in a very natural way. Mm-hmm. It isn't even. I mean, to a certain degree, it is dramatic. You know, like right. people will like point at things right, 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 and be right, horrified right. at things, right, right, and stuff. But it's not so dramatic that it's unnatural. No, you know, no, no. Nobody's standing on their tippy toes all the time. Right. Nobody like women aren't somehow looking at you and also pointing their butt at you, <laughs> like which is impossible um, for most women anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the art was really, really good. Really like this a lot. Um, bottom line for me, this is a really good arc. I think you should get it. Um, it does get a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. It is typical of that era. So you're going to live with that. I love the, uh, and again, not reading a lot of Iron Man stuff, especially older Iron Man stuff. Um, me knowing him only in his New York days. It's cool to see that West coast, um, house is the house that they used to model in the movie, right, right. which was really cool. Um, but I really like this a lot. I thought this was really solid. It's really good. And it's sad when I go in to do some further research and I get to the wiki page and I see, oh, Armor Wars 2, and then it was turned into this, and then it was redone in this, and it's how you can take a good story like this and just rehash it and rehash it and rehash it, which is the sad thing for me. But I think it's a solid story. I think it's great art. We see the transition from the Silver Centurion to the Mark Eight um, suit, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, good battles, good corporate espionage, good legal stuff. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in this book uh, to enjoy. There's very little to hate in yeah, this book, right. so I say go pick it up. Uh, Comicsology, I think it's like I want to say 14 bucks through Comicsology. You can certainly get it through our uh, Amazon link over at Major Spoiler. So, Rodrigo, what did you think? Uh, there's a reason why every uh, iteration of Iron Man since then goes through this story arc. There's a reason why Ultimate Iron Man did it. There's a reason why the 90s, early 90s cartoon did it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they did it in the movies, why they basically uh, just flipped uh, Armor Wars yeah, yeah. and Demon in a mm-hmm. Bottle in right, the movies. Right, into one movie, yeah. Um, it's because this is the strongest man, the strongest that Iron Man has ever been. And I don't mean powerful. I mean, this is where iron man lives you know we talk about a lot about the the place where those characters are Mm -hmm. you know we talk about um peter parker being a schmucky college student we've talked about you know that superman that is kind of still a a boy out of kansas but also that 50 year old superman with like the graying temples that tells you what to do Mm -hmm. and you know that uh, how that fits into things but this is where Iron Man lives. This is, you know, they do different things with him. They turn him into a fascist crazy man and they turned him <laughs> into they've they've turned him into basically just a suit of armor that shoots at people and there's entire arcs that are just mm-hmm. um and then you know the Hydra guys show up and they're like, "Hey, Hydra." And then he shoots at them. Yeah. Um but they always come back to this Iron Man because this is when this is when somebody went, "Oh my god, this is Iron Man." Right, right. So, uh, find it, have it. If you love the Iron Man movies and you want to get into comics, if you oh, like Iron a, Man, yeah, this, yeah. Is the one to go. this is what you need to find. This is an important arc for Iron Man. So, if you're a fan of Iron Man, if you are just getting into Iron Man from the movies and stuff like that and you want to get into the comics, find this, get it, read through it, 
see that weird random Irish guy that shows up for two panels and, <laughs> and you know, chuckle along with us at it, you know, lovingly, of course. Um, and then just, then you will know where a lot of this stuff comes from. Right? Yeah, yeah. Zach, what about you? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Rodrigo said, that if, just like me, the only thing I've ever read of Iron Man or know of Iron Man is from the Marvel movies, so... That's what I came in here with, and I completely enjoyed it. So if you want to read Iron Man because you love some Iron Man and the Avengers, you need to go pick this up because it's you're going to get a lot of just cool Iron Man battles and figure out what this dude's about. And yeah, if it's a good place to go to old comics. If you haven't read any old comics, it's a great place to go. I completely recommend it. I absolutely loved every moment of reading this. Cool. There you go, listeners. Uh, three people that are big fans of Iron Man, the armor wars. And I honestly don't know where Matthew sits on the subject. I think he's a fan of this mainly because of the silver centurion and the fact that it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this time period. And I know he's a fan of, of this time period. Cause that's when he was really getting into comics as well, or a big person onto comics. So I'm going to imagine, I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I imagine that he would say, go pick this up too. And that he would use the words like love <laughs> this title. So uh, there you somehow, go. Somehow com- use Sal Buscema in a, in a <laughs> sentence. And melange. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, all right, everybody. That wraps it up for this issue. Thank you so much for listening, being part of the Major Spoilers experience. Next week, oh, check this out. We were recording a Munchkinland podcast the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was talking uh, about how much I love Cthulhu. And Rodrigo was like, oh, my gosh, everything you just love. Cthulhu, Cthulhu, Cthulhu. And mm-hmm. then Zach piped up his mouth and says, uh... Is Batman better with Cthulhu? And I said, yes. Yes, he is. So next week, the doom that came to Gotham uh, (laughs) on the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because we know that you love Cthulhu and everything's better with Batman. And uh, we'll see you next time. (laughs) If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Batman's great vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, and I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all those Tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. One I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. 
I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun beat in the Middle East with a king side throwing soldier. Spoilers. It's copyright 2012.